Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast. My name is Joe Kowalski, and I'm your host today. Uh, welcome back from the crazy vacation times. Yeah, it's been a nice hiatus. New York, New Year's Eve and, and all that, and uh, where business goes to die for a few, three, four weeks. So we are out of that, although you guys aren't quite out of the uh, um, season, as it were. Although it's been really mild, I think. All over the nation, the season's been it's really mostly, mild. yeah. Probably not quite as mild as us up here, but I'm hearing good things about looking. My January's better than ever, and so that's kind of a, ref- a reflection on that. Um, but yeah, welcome back. We're back. We're back in full force. So excited by that. Uh, we're going to talk about some smug posts. A couple new releases we got. Um, we might give you a sneak peek, like the whole reason why. You listen to these podcasts if you're a Service Monster user to get some insight. We might dive into not just 6.5 coming up that we're really excited about, but maybe 6.7, which not only went on the whiteboard today, but I was so excited I jumped behind the computer. So I've already got <laughs> a couple hours into it. But before we do all of that, the big feature today, Adam, what are we talking about? Yeah. So last podcast, we kind of took a look back to reflect on our on our. Um, progress and kind of recommended to users, you know, to kind of do that themselves. This time around, I thought we'd discuss looking forward, you know, and setting goals properly that can move your business and you know, your personal life forward. So like the, the end of the calendar year, it's kind of funny. It creates kind of a natural end, you know, to a chapter and beginning to another chapter. So we just kind of, that's why New Year's resolutions are such a thing, right? Oh, it's a right. new year, new me. I hate them, but yeah, yeah. no, I get right. it. Yeah. That's why it just sort of flows naturally into that time period. Well, it flows naturally for the people who have a psychology who are always waiting for something, right? And, and you know, I'm guilty of this too. You know, you'll be like, oh, well, I can't do that. So I might as well wait until Monday, <laughs> right? right? Um, food comes to mind, right? When you're like, I'll start my diet x or i'll start exercising when y and it's even worse for entrepreneurs because we'll tack it to business goals we'll be like i'll get thin when i hit one million right Right. (laughs) and um you know that's just not a good way to look at life and and wait for the event to come up to set goals because what happens if you fall off then you're like oh shit i guess i'll try again next year right i I saw the memes were like oh shit failed on day two well i got 363 (laughs) days left so it's like somebody was asking like you know what numbers do you track for your for your year and i'm like Dude, I track shit by the minute. What are you talking about? And every once in a while, someone will pop up and be like, I, you know, I do it monthly or weekly or quarterly or whatever. And, you know, I'm just obsessed with the numbers, so I have it on my app. But it's always a good idea to reassess and improve. You know, cyclical improvement isn't every year, every 12 months. But it does create a natural chapter, right, uh, to turn the page and say, what are you going to do? And so, yes, it gives us an opportunity to talk about this stuff. Well, it also works really well with a lot of our industries because this is a slower time period. We've yeah. all, we already talked about that in a previous podcast. Sure. Like, this is a good time to really be focusing on the numbers and see kind of where you can set those goals. Carve make- out some intentional time in the office at the whiteboard working on your business and what you will need to do to not be surprised next year when slow season comes. To have a stable staff with a tribe that's pushing the ball in the right direction um, and implementing the changes that you see forthcoming in order to continue growth. And I agree, this 
during this period of time because of that cyclical nature. Um, you guys should be intentionally working on carving out that time and doing those things. So let's kind of talk about two things then. Um, you already mentioned the numbers, so we need to have this to be data-driven. Yeah. So kind of talk about some KPIs and, and things like that. And then let's also talk about how the best way to actually set goals to actually you know complete them and be actionable and things like that. And we'll talk about the SMART goals kind of framework and move into that. So I guess first, if we're looking at data, um, what are, what's some data that um, our listeners really need to focus on as far as the industries that we... Uh... So, yeah, well, I'll just start with some basics because yep. I'm just absolutely... Yesterday, uh, there was a um, a post about annual revenue and I was... I can't believe... It was like 230 respondents and there was like 15 or 20 of them were like, where would I find that? How would I go? And I'm like, there was one person in particular and I had helped her before and I was like, okay, I just really want to help. So I'm like... um. So like, how do you do your taxes? <laughs> and she's like, some lady does them. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. So I responded, would you know she was taking a little on the side? She said, nope. And it was just flat up, you know, emoji at that point, gif of disbelief. Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm done. If that, you know, she doesn't, I hope that she recognizes that you need to not only know your numbers <laughs> to grow your business, but so that you're actually able to grow your business and have people steal from you, pay, take advantage of you. The stories I hear about people siphoning work. And I mean, to an unattended boss in a, in a high cash flow situation, that is just asking for trouble. And I wouldn't even put the responsibility fully on the people who did it at that point. If you're so negligent in your ability to know what the hell is going on in your business, then yeah, hire amazing people who are eventually just going to start figuring out ways to get more work their way. Uh, so I, you know, dumbfounded. So let's start with annual revenue. Let's just start with that. Now, what does that mean in context of uh, uh, annual revenue that is less than the amount of money you spent that could mean <laughs> out of business? Um, so you have to, it's like the sound of one hand clapping, just annual revenue by itself doesn't really tell you anything. And then, of course, you've got to look at, you know, your bottom line, which is all of your expenses. So you need to know how much you spent and it's good to categorize that stuff and know where it went. How much did you spend on marketing? Is it the 8 to 15% that you should be spending depending on what your goals are? Spend less if you're not looking to grow, just looking to maintain and maintain that current clients and, you know, uh, work that system and kind of refine or more if you want to actually grow uh, and move forward. If you're like, ah, I'm doing great on marketing, but my goal is to grow this year, then I'm like, then spend some freaking money on marketing. Like, you know, too many people not doing mag marketing wear it as a badge of honor. If your intention is to grow, you need to spend money on marketing. But what works? All of it. And none of it. If you do them one by one, none of them will work. If you do them all as a unit with a cohesive message, intentional theming, and a well-thought-out plan, you'll realize that not any one of them work. They all work in concert together. 
It's a symphony, man. You can't play on a one-stringed violin and expect people to throw money in the hat. Well, I think Lindsey Sterling's doing pretty all right with that. But yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> Okay, that, you know, if you want to be the master of one thing, then be the master of one thing. If you're going to get people to throw money in the hat for a one-string violin, you better be the one damn bestest, right. stringinest, violininist ever on the planet. Uh, and then, yeah, okay, fine. And you, <laughs> and you could do that. You could be the EDDM guy or right. the, you know, the, the, um, the referral marketing genius guru woman. You could, I mean, it doesn't – fine – but you want to bet your entire business on that one pipeline, right? People do this uh, reviews. That's how I get all my business referrals from reviews. And I'm in the review king and I have 500 Google reviews. Awesome. Google shut down your reviews. Now what's up? Crimea River, you were focused on one thing, put all your eggs in one basket and relied on a platform you had no control over. Hmm. That's why multi-channel, simultaneous symphonic orchestral uh, approach is the right way to go. So all of them work and none of them work. You have to use them together. It's a vibration. So then, yeah, how rolling back up. So I'm working on expenses. How much money should I spend in marketing? How much money do I have in payroll? How much money do I have in supplies, chemicals, and equipment, and all that kind of stuff? And then expenses and minus revenue. And you have how much money you made at the end of the year. If you're not paying yourself a consistent salary, I would say that number's fraudulent. So if you're paying yourself out of that willy-nilly by the month, meh, you're not running a tight business. You should be on the payroll, which is why I like LLC filing as S-Corp. I'm going through a lot of shit really fast right here, but it's all related to goal setting. And Because if you don't know some of this stuff, your your goal should be to go research it. Joe said what? Right. We should have a meme. Joe said what? Like a one <laughs> sentence where you're like, I'm not sure what that means. I got to go take a look at SMTP. Using custom SMTP is the right way to go. Joe <laughs> says what? <laughs> uh, we need a blog post to pack that up. Oh, just, just yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, expenses, control your expenses. And then now you know what your profit margins look like. And if you're part of the payroll getting paid on a regular basis, awesome. And now you can look at how much money do I want to fold back into the business versus how much money you want to keep around in case some shit happens, which you should always have three months of expenses in the bank to back things up. Make plans to make that happen. There's another goal, right? Increase that bucket. Um, so this is just off two numbers. Right. Right. So, yeah, and then we can continue to go deeper. What's your repeat rate? Um, if you're residential work, it should be within a certain range if you really want to grow. If, if you're commercial, it should be in a certain range if you really want to grow. Um, if maintenance is your thing, what does your on-deck circle look like? You know, do, Are you garnering the attention of enough prospects so that when you need to fire a client or a client fires you, you can dip back into the pond? Maid services have this problem because they'll get set with a, you know X number of clients that, that is – good to coast and that's good to get complacent right you start to rust on your heels and then and then a couple quit out of the blue simultaneously and you're like oh shit and then you got to go hustle the sales game to get them if you're not continuously growing and having a pool of prospects sitting around waiting to to put up or a, a short list or a wait list then uh, you're doing yourself a disservice especially if your goal is to grow 
your goals to maintain, then okay, fine, make that the goal. <laughs> and how can we um, protect ourselves in a maintenance cycle? So again, more different numbers to look at. So repeat rate is a big one. I'll talk about that forever. Um, knowing your percentage breakdown of revenue, where it came from. So, you know, last year we did a lot less carpet cleaning and more tile and grout. Or um, I'll look at this plank laminate that I'm making killing on because all I need to do is a Swifter and some <laughs> microfiber and I'm good to go. Right. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a handful of ways that you can look at where your money's coming from and the different services that you're providing and then deciding, well, is this a year I want to put a new service into the pipeline? Or do we want to actually start selling one of these things? Because if repeat business is the most things that most service providers are bad at, which is what I think to be true, only second to notifying their clients of all the products and services that they offer. Like you offer those products and services so that your client becomes resistant to taking from a competitor who offers a service you don't. They don't know you offer tile and grout, and then they call a tile and grout cleaner who definitely offers carpet cleaning. Right. You're, you're SOL. Yep. And they didn't even know, and you have it on the truck. What? What are you doing? Dude. So you got to make sure your clients know all the different products and services that you offer. And so do does your report reflect that? You know, are you selling as much protectant or secondary services or, you know, Christmas lights or whatever it is, right? So knowing your breakdown, that's definitely key. Knowing your margins. Now we start to get a little bit more complex. You got to know your costs per job. Um, what is your chemical and equipment costs? What are your depreciation costs on your equipment? Um, what are your labor costs? And then what are you bringing in and what does that gross margin look like um, per job? And then you might even go so far as to break it down by job type, like, like split up residential versus commercial or, you know, it's at work XYZ versus ABC. So I, I really want to break those up. And then using those numbers to establish a plethora of goals. Um, if you get big enough, you can really start to get granular plat data points and relate them to jobs and make people responsible for them, um, or at least for keeping a track of what's going on. Like we have our senior staff meeting every Tuesday and all the people who are responsible for the workings uh, that make up the numbers that they're responsible for report on them. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, we see how we can improve or continue to use momentum or um, you know, turn things around if things aren't looking so good. So yeah, no knowns. Yeah. So setting, setting those goals based off data is important because then you can track your progress. You can make sure that it is measurable. If it's not measurable, how the hell do you know what direction you're going? Right. Uh, you know, is it just like a feeling? I feel like I'm getting more phone calls from the yellow pages. Okay. They got gotcha. you. <laughs> And sometimes the feeling might be right, and sometimes we fall into that false kind of narrative of, oh, yeah, no, I was uh, right all along, yeah. and so that must be just working for the future. Well, for um, I've been studying epistemology lately, how we come to know things are true individually, like what are, what are systems that we use to challenge or be skeptical of any claim, uh, any claim someone makes. And so... The, the hardest ones are the claims that we make ourselves and we're able to man to justify the crap out of them, even though they're not 
rational. Right. Um, and so if you start applying a rational epistemology to a belief, then you find out pretty quick whether or not that's just something you believe because we're pattern recognition machines and our experience has trained us to believe that. So this is a big trap for entrepreneurs and business owners because we've obtained a certain amount of success. So by pattern recognition, whatever we've done to obtain that level of success is what we should keep doing. But what if that behavior and pattern actually limits us and stifles our growth and puts us in a position then it's hard for us to be convinced that we need to take a different course of direction because, oh, God, what if I choose wrong and I'm less successful than I am now? Yep. This is a, a deep struggle. Like, I went way deep there for a second. But, you know, it's uh, it, you need to take a look at and set those goals and measure them so that you know you're not fooling yourself. And uh, and And as long as you are applying rational logic without any crazy fallacies and it's going to be sound and you'll plot it and you'll be like, yep, numbers go up. Things are good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or I'd like them to go up more. What can we do? Right. Which is what we're always doing, right? So, yes, measurable, which leads us to the M in SMART. Yeah. So this is actually the perfect segue. So, like, we, we've now kind of shown the, the data, yeah, to look at to set some of these goals. How do we actually go through the process of setting a goal? that we can actually, at the end of it, say that we achieved that goal. And so that's where SMART comes into play. Right. So. Yeah, well, I'm, it's something I came across, I don't know, one of the books I was reading. So I went and looked it up. And I think we did an ask on it, right, Justin? We did an ask on SMART. A long time ago. Yeah. So, um, so if you want to get really deep on it, there's a whole seven and a half or ten minute video on SMART on the ask uh, section of our channel. You can put a link. We'll have Michael put a link yeah. uh, in the in the DLEO. Um, yeah. So Adam, why don't you break down? It's an acronym. Uh, yep. it's, it's a model to use to create goals that will actually help you achieve the end goal, the destination. Right. Right. So, so break it down. I'll, I'll break it down and then we'll go back through each one kind of individually. So SMART, S-M-A-R-T, is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. Yeah. So let's start with specific. And this one might sound obvious, but it just needs to be clear and specific and allows you to focus. Well, and yeah, I mean, yes and no, right? Because um, it's not necessarily obvious because the goal could be, I want to grow. Okay, awesome, dude. What the hell does that mean? What do you mean you want to grow? Do you want more revenue? Do you want more profit? Do you want, you know, what do you mean you want to, you want more jobs? Do you want a higher ticket? What's the goal? Um, because if your goal is to straight up grow your revenue, raise your prices across everybody today. Boom. Goal achieved. Okay. That's not quite what I meant. I want to really grow. Okay. Awesome. Let's be specific. I want to grow 50% over the next three years in top line revenue and maintain my margin. Wow. Now we're specific. Now we're specific. This is actually a perfect example of why you should be writing this down and kind of like going through the goal because like I said, I made the assumption, hey, this is obvious. And that's that's kind of what we go through when you're, yeah, no, the goal's obvious. I want to accomplish this, so I don't need to write anything down. It's, right. it's good. But uh, yeah, the really easy way to kind of go through that is ask yourself, you know, the five W's, what, when, why, where, which. 
So you can kind of break it down by that. And at the end of the day, it's going to fall under one of those questions or multiple of those That's questions. That's right. So, yeah. Specific. Exactly. Yeah. Measurable. We beat that one to death. Get data. Yep. Good data in, track data related to goals, and then watch that data. How much? How many? Yeah. Like, how will I know it's finished? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so the, the third one is achievable or, you know, kind of like realistic, you know, making that reality. I have check. a pet peeve about this one. Cause yeah. you got some gurus walking around being like, no, it's gotta be scary. It's like, well, I did a million last year and I really hundred percent growth would be amazing. No, 20 million. You're like, the hell are you talking about, man? Well, I think it's easier for some personality types than others too, because some personality types are just like, no, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not making a success unless I took last year and just throw it in the rear view, and it's you know, or others that are just like, well, was last year a fluke? I don't know. And so I think it's don't sell yourself short. Make it achievable, though. That's that's the whole point, right? right? I agree with not you know being like, okay, a three percent increase would be <laughs> awesome. Like, okay, that's kind of, you know, okay, but if that's your goal. And then you'll get the people who are like, no, 10 exit, bitch. And they're like, um, yeah, but I'll land at 3x and I'm freaking ecstatic. Okay, point taken, especially if you were aiming for 2x, somebody else is aiming for 2x and, and maybe got, so what's the better position? I would argue psychologically the better position would be two million for two million because it's an achievable goal. You can mark it off the map and now you have a mentality of winning. Exactly. Not a mentality of settling. Uh, and so overachievable goals, you know, while they might be nice and there's some anecdotal stories out there about people hitting it or whatever, making it realistic is a really important goal if you want to check those off at the end of the year. Right, the way you the way you said that was perfect. You want to empower yourself, like yeah, this is a win. If you set it too lofty and you stumble, then that can lead to negative kind of self thought, and I mean, it ties into your joke about the New Year's resolution. Ah, yeah. it's day, day two, four. I'm yeah. Right. yeah, I'm so out. <laughs> makes it an easy way to exit out and That's not really right. accomplish what you need. Yeah. So the R is relevant. So make sure the goal matters to you and obviously kind of your organization if you have, right. have a group. My goal is to sell 200 gallons of Scotchgard. Why? Because that's what the sales rep told me. Oh, you're making money for the sales rep. <laughs> right. Right. That's not a relevant goal in your business. Now, if that's a huge margin and you're making a killing and it's like 50% of your ticket, I'm right there with you. That's a very specific goal and it has relevance. Yep. Um, but if, you know, Scotchgard sales represent 0.01% of your business, Focusing on that as a goal probably isn't a great idea. So you want to rate them. You want to make sure that it's not just relevant, but it is more relevant than other places you could be spending your energy. Yeah. And here's just kind of like some example questions that I typed up here is it's like, is this the right time? Like, is it the right time of the year? Is it the, is it the right year actually? Like, is the economy in the place? Is your particular industry like, is that really what you want to do? Or am I the right person for this? Um, do I need to hire outside help for this? Do I need to like you know assign this to someone else? Is this something that I should actually be in charge of? It's kind of things like that. Yep. So, and then lastly, you need to have a deadline. So, time bound. Otherwise, it's like, well, we're going to increase prices in the next thirty years sometime. Right. Yeah. So, and and for this, I really and this is another reason why I'm not a big fan of the New Year's. It's not yearly. That time element is not yearly. Absolutely. Make it quarterly. 
enough time to let things simmer once a change has happened, but not too long where you can't course correct when the data point doesn't hit. Uh, figure out what you need and reverse engineer it and then break down that progress. And if you're at a quarter and you're way out of whack, either up or down, then adjust your goals. Just your course of action, change some behavior, track different goals. So don't uh, let the cycle of your data collection, understanding, execution, and analysis, and understanding and execution and analysis and understanding. Don't let that cycle be 12 months. Right. Because, you know, you'll get destroyed by the dude who's doing it monthly. Or the dude who's on his phone doing it minutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just kind of to follow up on that, we already mentioned, but make sure you're writing this down in some form. You're whiteboarding it. You're, you're doing whatever. Even if it's literally just on a book you have at home, you're reminding yourself, write that goal down. Then, like you said, check in regularly, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it is. Check in with you, your team, whoever's involved with this. You need to have updates because, like you said, you have to course correct. And document it too. Like my favorite way, it's like I gave Michael this tool. Just use Excel. You know, create yourself a, a sheet of data points that you want to track and then do a roundup on a regular basis and plug those data points in. And then you can do all kinds of fun things, charting it and whatnot. Sure. And, of course, if you have Service Monster, you can see a lot of stuff there. But you can also just get the data together using Service Monster easily plugging them into those Excel spreadsheets and then creating the different ways to view it. Like it's interesting when you start really looking at, especially over a long period of time, you know, cyclical nature of things or why good example, just a um, related to timing uh, and demonstrates kind of interesting patterns that you can observe from data. So one thing that we've noticed is there seems to be a three X spike in the number of sales we get from leads who have aged one year. Okay, I don't know if that made sense to everybody, so I'll do an analogy. So someone signs up for a trial service monster and they take a look. And then they don't buy within 90 days, which is kind of the window we say, what's our conversion rate, right? Um, but they buy six months down the road or eight months down the road. Well, we track all of that. How long from lead did you end up purchasing? And we plotted it out. And what we noticed is individuals who waited a full year, they were buying three times higher than any other distance between lead. I mean, obviously the huge ramp is in, again, the first 90 days. But after that, it's kind of like a little background white noise, right? Right. And, but then at 12 months, it goes beep really high. And then at 24 months, it goes beep. And at freaking 36 months, it goes beep. The beep is a little smaller and then it's maintained at the higher level after 36 months, which is also really weird, but I won't go into that. But why every year, right? So that for me, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, whatever pain point, problem, they're trying to look for a solution for. That's what prompted them to take a look at Service Monster or whatever else they were looking at at the time. The pain point then eventually went away just as a course of the season. And then everything was dealt with like, okay, fine, good enough, until the pain point arose again at the same point the next year, which again causes behavior of 
let's go look. I really need to solve this damn problem. Um, and so I, we had no idea. So now we run campaign centered around that, right? We push a little harder at 11 months right. and say, hey, you might be have that problem you might run into again, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, looking at your data in context of time over time can really help you establish not only your trajectory, but also uncover patterns you didn't know were there before. Absolutely. Yeah. One last thing that I want to touch on because this is something that I found throughout my life that I absolutely have to have. And it's a big reason why you want to make these goals realistic. And that's you want to celebrate wins. Like sometimes they're small kind of little steps up to the eventual goal. But those those little wins, they allow like this dopamine spike that lets you kind of feel good about yourself. And it gives you that motivation and it maintains the motivation down the line. So make sure you celebrate those. Even if they seem small at the time, it's still a win. You're still on the path. You're making those steps. I agree with your philosophy. I I struggle with this because it's just like move, move, move. And at our level, we look for weakest links in the chain, right? What do we need to shore up? Now, we got some pretty damn ass strong chain links, but they're still the weakest one. Where is it? How do we fix it? How do we shore that up? Um, And so it's this constant like – Again, if I'm doing things that affect today, I'm doing the wrong job. I should be doing things that affect next quarter. And so um, it's hard to celebrate the because the wins happen a quarter later from conception. Right. You're just like, oh, yeah, we did that thing. And then, poof, you know, you're just moving forward. So um, when they're big, obviously, I can take time. But as an engineer, we get those wins daily. You know, because you'll hear engineers every once in a while like, yeah, like a little private victory, a bang on the desk. Everybody's kind of got their own flavor of it. But like, you know, a particular problem that you were working out or maybe you just conceived of it and just like coded it like mad and then hit the button and it worked. Or, you know, you've been fighting with something for three hours. You finally figured out, oh, this might be the thing. And then you fix it and it runs and you're excited. Like, so I guess what I'm saying is, is, you know, life provides me those dopamine responses. So goals like this are just like, okay, cool. We're heading the right direction. Moving <laughs> on. So, I, you know, I should take more time, especially for the staff, uh, to, to say, um, yeah, goal achieved. Well done. I, I think I do okay on that, but yeah. I, I could do more. Yeah. Because it's just <laughs> cruising. And I know that a lot of the listeners, a lot of the owners are like that too. They're just cruising. Take time, take a minute. Your employees uh, will appreciate the sentiment when you hand up the stats in public and go, look at these. Oh, my God. You guys are killing it. Yeah. Well, I think that's. I did that this morning, actually. You did? On a post. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Funny how that works. I'll tell myself tomorrow (laughs) more. Anyway. Yeah. I always laugh like when I I come in and there's that like 7 a.m. post or whatever, like Joe just going through in the morning and yep quick post yeah 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 um so yeah is there anything else you want to add should we just jump to the update? no yeah no we can jump to the updates i think that was fairly well covered you might not need to go watch that eight minute uh <laughs> ask video after all we'll post it if you want it though yeah so yeah we have a few kind of updates start with mobile since we talked about it before mm-hmm. and you and i actually talked about this we get excited for the updates and sometimes it takes a couple of weeks longer than we anticipate. So hopefully we don't get too beat up for that, but Brian's done some great work. Oh, it's so good. Great meeting a couple of days ago. Yep. And yeah, so that's it's still nearing completion. 
Um, don't have an exact timetable, but you know, hoping here in the next making everything around sites much easier. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the focus of where he's at right now. We also have a a desktop release um, now. The goal is in the next week or two for this because we had six five zero, which we've, we you and I have talked about ad nauseum on here, which is a huge release, simplification release. Yeah, exactly. And we have some of these features that are ready to go, but they're kind of hidden behind a couple of these massive feature updates. And so they're ready to go. They're going to benefit our users. We're like let's let's get them out. Right. So six four six. Um, again, goal in the next week or two, um, depending on how the QA kind of process goes. Going to get those social media links out. We've talked about them a um, month or two ago. Those are going to actually be out, so you can easily update your social media links. On so all of your email templates. templating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, new security role. We're going to get that live. For laborer. Laborer. Yep. Right. Which loses all totals on the app. It's an extremely basic uh, app, so if you just want them to know the, them, your your workers, to know what tasks they have, what jobs they have, and not know pricing or not know exactly. any of that stuff, and not being able to really manipulate anything. Exactly. This will be the the uh, user role that you're looking for. Yep. Yeah. There's also going to be some service monster core improvements. Um, just kind of some things we've talked about internally is going to um, improve that. And then there are a lot of just really small kind of quick little kind of feature polish or some some bug fixes and things like that. So it's actually a pretty hefty release in its own right. Um, that'll be out um, before 6.5.0. Okay. So. Um, also wanted to mention the cleaning podcast. We'll probably mention that every podcast. At least we do. I haven't gotten the second one in the bag yet. Um, just struggling with time right now from a, a personal point of view and a business point of view. So I got to reach out to these guys and get something on the books, but it's um, just the one that we did is so well received. Like I think people are hungry for this content. Yeah. So I'm very excited to move forward on that project. And now that the, uh, again, the deluge of holiday festivities and activity has been, tampered down we should uh, move forward with real business yeah yeah and so just in case any one of our current listeners don't remember thecleaningpodcast.com all of your major uh podcast platforms yeah. is a podcast only by the way we're not youtubing that or nothing like that so right yeah um is there anything else you wanted to add on top of that or those are kind of the three uh no no that's good all right so just a few smug posts to close it off here since we didn't, especially because we didn't do one on the, the last show. Um, start off with Sam actually yesterday was asking about sending SMS messages in six and specifically was trying to establish a drip campaign right. around SMS. And we've talked about this a couple of times. We have. So this lends into, you know, we've talked about 6.5, the simplification release. You'll see improvements around grids. You'll get dashboards in every section. Um, you'll get a view selector, a theming engine with a couple themes in it. That's 6.5. Now I'm working on 6.6. <laughs> um, and that is marketing focused. Um, okay, so to answer the question directly, you can set up in Service Monster today SMS text reminders for future appointments for clients. How do you do that, Joe? Well, it's not in the drip campaign. If you go looking for it there, you won't find an SMS option. Where it is, though, it's in the reminders on the job. And so you can set up job reminders in such a way 
or they can act as very future job reminders for your clients about upcoming work or work that you're going to want to reach out to them and, and schedule and do. So that's the way you'll do it in Service Monster currently. And it's effective. Um, it's a little hack. It's limited as far as like filtering goes. It's it going is. To be very... It'll just be the job. Right. Exactly. Right. So it'll be this client in six months, text them a reminder that we we're gonna, we want to schedule service for them again. Um, so you can set it up that way. I wouldn't say that it's ideal. And, I, and it's limited in, in its filtering capabilities and when you can run it and all that kind of stuff. So um, we will be adding an SMS what? That's what we call the drip campaign. Is it the green? Yeah. Yeah, the green box or what's, which is what do you want to do? I want to send an email. I want to create a letter or a label. I want to create an activity for a call record. I want to do an export. We're going to add two more. SMS for texting and fill my schedule cards. So you can say um, the what is send them a fill my schedule card. Or the what is send them a text. Okay, cool. Um, so that will be coming with 6.6. That'll be the goal for 6.6. Now, before we get too deep in this, it's like, okay, but what about how does texting work in Service Monster? And I won't get too deep into it because we could do a whole episode. And we have on SMTP and SMS, so you, go, you can go watch that or listen to that. But... Um, we're separate. I, I threatened taking away SMTP before. If you guys are paying attention, you know, as far as how all that works, again, go listen to the episode. But where we landed, where we ended up, which will be implemented in 6.6, is you will be able to use Service Monster SMTP and Service Monster SMS for standard one on one client communications out of the box. You will not be able to use those pipelines for marketing purposes. So you will not be able to use SMS or SMTP, i.e. text and email, out of the box until you go hook up your SMS and SMTP providers. There's free ones, there's low cost ones, there's high value ones, there's all kinds of fun stuff. But what we're doing is separating the garbage that ends up in the marketing channels versus the clean data communications you have with your clients. That's good for you. It's also especially important for SMS marketing because there are very strict laws. Yeah, if you get hammered, you, at least you got one pipeline that's safe to communicate to clients on. And you can do one where you do, you know, texting to clients uh, via some sort of a marketing campaign and then you get in trouble. Well, your main line that you're actually doing business on isn't compromised. Same thing with email. It's just even tighter. So we're splitting those up. And we're taking them away for the marketing, making you go sign it up, right? Now, you can come get two services or use one service and sign them and put them both in uh, and then have them do them yourself and don't do Service Monster for anything. Um, but that's where we landed. So that's what will also be in 6.6. Um, .6. So, um, And then we're adding wizards marketing wizard so you don't have to be filter experts it'll do everything for you we had these in five they were very successful people love them um and we didn't put them in six just one of those things it's like well do we need it 
Well, yeah, a lot of people are coming in saying, oh, my God, Service Monsters marketing is freaking ridiculous. That's why I bought. And and 60 days later going, oh, my God, Service Monsters freaking marketing is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's so powerful. But then you've got to understand a little data structure and filtering and how these fields relate to that. And people get lost and overwhelmed really quick. Yeah. And so um, creating wizards to help create those campaigns with just a few questions, a few click of the button, and bang, you're in. Yep. So SMS, SMTP, uh, wizards, um, SMS, drip campaigns and campaign creation, fill my schedule campaigns and campaign creation, um, custom fronts, which will be out well before we're hoping 6.5. Um, so that's another thing we're trying to, to sneak in. But um, so that'll be out well before 6.6 happens, which is nice. Um, I'm trying to think of the, oh, yes. And then targeting orders. So instead of targeting uh, the account, which is okay, gives us access to a handful of fields, there's a bunch of things we don't have access to. So if we can target orders, we can now do things like sending out estimates and actually including the estimate in the communication. Or we can um, send the invoices as part of a drip towards people who owe you money, right? So we can't do those in drip currently, uh, not easily. You can do the online order link, um, but then you're limiting yourself to just, hey, client owes you money, which works great 90% of the time, but those 10%, or if you're a business who has, you know, a use case, a lot of use cases that doesn't comport with that, then there's a problem. So we want to add those two and then tagging will be finally freaking addressed. So you'll be able to tag a client with however you want and tag in order however you want and then target those tags and filters. Yeah. So that's kind of the 6.6. This is the reason why most of the users listen to this and it's kind of going to be buried in here. But that that's the 6.6 release. When? I don't know. After 6.5 because that's <laughs> the way counting works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all I know at this point. Right. Um, so I started the wizard. So I'm very excited. And that wizard's going to drive everything else because I need to have all the pieces in the wizard. Exactly. Uh, and so it'll start to be like, hey, David, go do this. And hey, Randy, go do that. And <laughs> yep. Randy's currently working on, I handed him today, the um, the import tool. So in, direct self-importing from QuickBooks Online, QuickBooks Desktop, and basic CSV. Uh, so that will free up a lot of time internally. Oh yeah. And then if you want custom imports from some of the tools that we've built painstakingly over the years, and you're going to pay us for them at that point, we've been doing that for free and people have been taking advantage. I know people have signed up just to have us clean up their data, export it to QuickBooks and then go to somewhere else. Yep. Like as part of the plan, like, so I'm done with that. So we'll give you self tools. You can do it on your own, scrub it on your own and then leave if you want during the trial. I don't care. But you won't be using any of my resources directly. If you want to do that, then we'll just charge for um, data import fees. And we can do some custom imports from a lot of different sources. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Sam was listening. That's one of the most in-depth smug um, posts we've ever had. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one was Corey. And I actually, I like this one. There's a lot of uh, kind of feedback on this one. He's asking about an online schedule program that, mm -hmm. that works with Service Monster. And so we have an integration with the Fiddlebug. Yep. And that's it, it's a true online Steve scheduler. Steve Mastio. Yep. Yep. Um, and he's been doing that for a long time. He was he was two years ahead of us with just our basic web form. 
He was one of the first integrations you guys had, right? He was the first. Well, I mean, outside of like Google and, you know, that kind of stuff. But yes, from a marketplace point of view, he was the first. Yeah. Yeah. There were a lot of mentions of of that. This is also- He's pricey. Just to set up the, right, make his job a little easier qualifying out of the gate. This is a bigger issue than what most people think. Because it means, oh, you know, online scheduling or online order completion or online lead generation. Like those are all various versions of the same thing. So five years ago when I'd had these conversations with people, they'd call me up in a panic. Joe, I got to have order forms programmed into my website. Some guru told me about it. It makes sense to me. Uh, Online's the future, baby. And I'm like, okay, you're going to hire a web developer. Because we had at web APIs way back then for corporate clients, right? So it was pretty easy for a developer to dump leads directly into even ServiceMonster 5 if they knew what they were doing. And I'd be like, dude, you're going to end up spending a couple grand for a developer for some really basic feature sets. And you don't know yet whether or not users are going to fill it out. And at the time, I'm talking about name, address, phone number. Right? I'm not talking about scheduling. I'm not talking about checking with your schedule to make sure they're not scheduling over somebody else's schedule time. I'm not talking about completing an order, telling you what, how many rooms they have and what services they want done. This is just name, address, phone number. And so, yeah, you can spend a couple grand on that, uh, just getting that in from a webmaster. There are now forms click funnels and you know ninja forms and all kinds of stuff and works with wordpress and wix and all these drag and drop components when we went through our exercises switching our uh, crm we found it really hard to use those things we ended up just using zapier so that we could create the forms and then send the zap over and then ship it to wherever we needed there was no web form you know plug in technology and we pay thousands a month for our for our CRM solutions. So I was dumbfounded by that. Service Monster provides currently a very basic web form that you can either snap in your page or provide a button that jumps to a Service Monster page that they can fill out and it's name, address, phone number. And we do a scheduling component so that you don't overlap jobs uh, and that gives the users within a time period the options available. It doesn't show them anything about the job, of course, but but we don't go the next step of creating an order, right? So all that to say this, if you're if you are thinking about I want lead capture on my website, which I think is an amazing idea. If you were talking to me five years ago, I'd say, whoa, Dell, so slow down there, cowboy. Let's put up a form that emails you the data first because that's dead dumb easy. Any webmaster can do that in 15 minutes. Okay, so you put that in and then you see how many online leads am I really getting? If it's five a month, then do you really think you should spend the two or three grand? Hmm, maybe, maybe not. Well, nowadays you can just sign up with Service Monster and you can plug that form in at no cost. And now you've got a pretty sophisticated form that takes you all the way through scheduling, although not order completion, for free. And it's capturing those leads and it's notifying you directly. Okay, that's a good first place to start. And then what? how many are you getting? So you're like, okay, I got 30 or 40 a month through there. Okay, awesome. But I think I could get some more if I go to the next level, which is order form completion. Okay, now all hell breaks loose from a technological point of view. It is 
extremely difficult to take people's pricing strategies and price lists and then figure out a way to reasonably offer them on an online format in a user-defined way that is easy for them to select that works with mobile. It's a very difficult endeavor. We didn't attempt it because I'm giving this shit away for free. I'm not going to put resources into a project that big and not charge for it. Um, and I'm just not a fan of anything out there. So it doesn't necessarily make me believe that our clients would be any more of a fan of anything that we would create just because of the nature and the complexity, right? And the, the versatility of people's price lists and how they charge and their strategies. Steve has a both a process and a technology, right? So if you go, you got to know, I've got to conform to the process Steve wants me to conform to in order for this to work properly. But then he can then offer an online uh, order selection to create an order, not just schedule the job. And it's pretty comprehensive. So all that to say, go with free if you're not doing it, see what your volume is, and then move up the chain. If you need the scheduling component, awesome. If you don't need the scheduling component, great. If you put it in, you find it doesn't increase things, you know what you know. Our data shows that the more gates that you put in, the more your people you're going to drop off, but the higher than your conversion rates will be, right? This is like trials for SaaS companies. A trial, uh, most companies will close between 5 to 15% of their trials. Service Monster's doing 25% right now, which is pretty awesome. Um, but um, if you put a credit card in the way, then the suddenly goes to 80%, 60 to 80% conversion off trial, which duh, I wonder what their churn looks like though. In three months when they remember they put the credit card in and they got charged three times, they'll shut it down, right? Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of that strategy just for that reason alone. But obviously you can make the needle move. Now, do they get as many people signing up for trial that have to put in a credit? No, they lose 90% of the ones that we get. So anyways, it's just a game like that, right? So the more information you make a user put in before they're done and feel like they've completed something, the more likely they are to bail out of the process altogether. Um, and so um, if you feel, if you have the data back to smart goals. If you have the data that shows you're going to get benefit from paying way more fees to Steve than Service Monster for the use of both Service Monster and Fiddlebug, um, and you think that Steve's conversion rates are going to help you, and he's got some pretty impressive conversion rates from some of his clients. So, you know, I, I always want to prop that up. And, trying to make people going in eyes wide in. But at the same time, man, if it's working for you and you've got data that's going to work, then yeah, go for it. But Steve's the only game in town if you want to actually go to that order step. Like there's nobody else doing it. So, you know, I would encourage nice job and response a bit. If you guys are listening, this is big, big blue ocean. Cool. Uh, Responsibit has the first chain of it. Like they've got the the pre-sale side, and, mm -hmm. and that's actually what they kind of specialize in. So that but they don't do order creation, do they? They they get the bid created, and a once, basic bid, and once that has been selected, then okay. they're pushing the order to the CRM. So yeah, are they really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good job, nice job, or the responsibid. Oh, bad Joe. Good job, responsibid. <laughs> nice job, Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can we get 2.0 out sometime soon? We get that better. And hey, I'm speaking directly to you, Kurt. If uh, 
if you need any help, man, give me a ring. Like, let's make sure that this integration is tight. Yeah. Responsive bit and service monster 2.0 integration. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be huge. A lot of people are waiting for it. What else, man? Lastly, we've got um, James asked about a week or so ago about how to get his new operations support specialist into smug. Ah. So kind of just. We don't talk about smug too much. No. We mention it in passing. Um, so we'll break it down real quick. If you want to submit a request to have someone join smug, you should do it through our website. And we'll actually put a link. It, it's currently not there. And so like, we'll put the link in the smug description. Yeah. And that allows us to, to filter it if we absolutely needed to. Uh, but. Yeah, it's better for us to process because we don't just – it's a secret group, first of all. If you've noticed, you've tried to search for it and were unable to find it if you weren't in. That's why. Um, and not only is it secret, but we vet every single person in and out. And for instance, if you cancel, we kick you out. <laughs> it's pretty easy. But then we have to kick out all the people you brought with you. Right. So if you bring an operations manager, for instance, we've got to make sure that's documented some way that we know that that individual is part of that individual and that individual is part of this company. And so we need to keep things clean that way. In addition to that, not everybody gets in. Um, if you're under 90 days, you typically won't get in because this is not a support channel. Although I'm seeing a little bit more and more about basic support stuff just because it's easier. Yeah. But if you want an answer, do not post in Smug a support question. You'll eventually get an answer. Hell, it might even be an answer on the podcast. <laughs> It'll take three weeks. Right. You want an answer today, pick up the phone, use the chat, send an email. Contact the amazing support team that we have because they are not hanging out on Smug. Yep. I call Brenda in to do documentation, but that's it. She won't try. She tries a little bit to help them do some basic support, for, but... Man, please don't use Smug for support stuff. This help, it's basically there for keeping me honest, <laughs> keeping me dialed into what your guys' general thoughts and needs are. Um, bugs, features, requests, those are always welcome discussions. Um, and if you see something that someone's posted that you agree with, interact with it, that'll give us the ability to assess, oh, actually, this means something. Um, but this is why you know people who have to understand that Smug, we talk about features and bugs a lot because that's its primary freaking purpose. And so sometimes people will come in and be like, is Service Monster so broken? It's like, no, dog, it's like 2 million lines of code. You know, we have ridiculous amount of hours behind this thing. It is not, of course, perfect. And things change and we get better every single day and new things become available in the world from a technological point of view. And so we want to make sure we're always providing the best and most innovative products. And tomorrow it won't be the best and most innovative product. So we got to make sure we redo it and do it all over again tomorrow. Right. And so some people coming in a smug don't necessarily get that if we're just letting people in. I've had that happen. So we vet we're careful about who we let in, and we're careful about what stage you are in the service monster process. If you are in or want to get in, again, use the link, submit your email that you used on Facebook. Uh, that way, we'll be able to send you a request, even if one of our agents isn't a friend with you on Facebook. Exactly. Quote Otherwise, you have to be friends in order to invite people in, and that, that gets awkward fast because I don't want people with 
you know, service monster accounts running all over friending people on Facebook. This doesn't, you know, I, I ain't my competitors. Right. <laughs> Other, you know, putting, you know, hot girls on the bio to then chat them up in the DM to sell them. Is that a thing? And a competitor here. There's a couple of them, wow. dude. 100%. <laughs> Yeah, the the thing that kind of uh, somebody mentioned like a minute or so ago about the bugs and feature requests, the way I look at it is it's sort of like your favorite TV show or your favorite like whatever. Like if you're passionate about something, now in this case, it directly relates to their business. Yep. So obviously they want it to be as, you know, as polished as humanly possible for their specific needs. We understand that completely. But it's like when you're really passionate about something, uh, you will – pick at those little things because you want what you love and care about to be even better. That's right. So that's why you see so much of that. Totally. So. Yep. I, I, every once in a while too, someone will get frustrated. I just, I enjoy it because it gives me an opportunity for other people to see how I deal with not necessarily always crazy, but off kilter and, uh, you know, come in aggressive and then be like, dude, it's right there. I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> End of conversation. It's like, you don't have to be that way. You just don't. And uh, if you're like that, that like that too often, I'll just kick your ass out smug. <laughs> What's the old saying? You catch more flies with sugar than vinegar? Yep. Yeah. I've always heard honey, but honey, yep. honey bees. You but yep. you know, whatever. Yep. Flies and shit works too. <laughs> There you go. Great. <laughs> That's all I got, Joe. <laughs> Joe says what? <laughs> we got our first one. Boom. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for your attention. As always, catch us on all of your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Come friend us and like us and hit those bells and subscribe buttons. And until next time, be safe. Take care.